G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's nice to work hard and earn money and enjoy the fruits of that. That's good and it's right and actually it's what God says in the Bible. And it's also nice to give something back to those less fortunate than us perhaps. The question is, how do we give? Do we give out of our surplus or out of the money that really we need for ourselves? Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be with you again. Today we're going to be taking a look at your giving from a different perspective. I was sharing the last week on the program how difficult it was for me when I became a Christian to give more than just the loose change in my pocket towards meeting the needs of those who were less fortunate than me. When I started attending church, it was a great little church. Back then, I was a pretty well-off businessman. Not mega rich, but very well off by any standard. And and the donation bag used to come around, wooden handles and a deep burgundy velvet bag for us to put our contributions into. And I'd reach into my pocket and whatever coins I had there would go into the bag. If I didn't have any coins, then nothing would go into the bag. Now, never mind that it was just a small church. Never mind that the pastor had three daughters and a wife to house and feed. Never mind that sometimes he went without salary because there wasn't enough to go around. Never mind that we wouldn't be able to afford to give food and shelter to people in our local community who were in desperate need of those things. I was well off enough back in those days where I could have afforded to pay most, if not all, of the pastor's meagre salary as well as meet the needs of some of the people who had fallen on tough times in our community. And yet week after week, I just throw my loose change there without giving things too much more of a thought. Now, I'm telling you this to be honest and open with you because there came a point at which God challenged me about what I was doing. He got right in my face and confronted me with what I was doing. How? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We live in a pretty conventional world where the more you have, the more you're worth. Let's say that you and I get together to form a company, and that company needs some startup capital. Well, I can't afford quite as much as you. You're able to come up with 70% of the capital. Me? All I can do is scratch together 30%. Because you're wealthy, the 70% isn't too much of a drain on you, but see, I'm not as wealthy. And coming up with a 30% meant I really had to scrape up every spare penny out from under the wardrobe and go without a whole bunch of things. It's okay, though, because I want to be part of this new venture. So, the way it works in the world is this. You come up with 70% of the capital, so you're going to own 70% of the company, and you're going to receive 70% of the profits. I came up with just 30% of the capital, so I'm going to own just 30% of the company and I'll only receive 30% of the profits. Now, that's not something that anybody's going to dispute. It's fair. It's pretty conventional wisdom. It's just the way it is. Well, it is until we enter God's economy. 
And here's how God truly got into my face over what I was doing with my money and what that said about what was going on in my heart. Let's take a look. It's from the New Testament, Luke chapter 21. Jesus looked up and saw a bunch of rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of the rest of them, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. It seems that the Lord God isn't so much concerned with how much we give, but rather with how much it costs us. He's concerned to see that people don't give so much out of their excess, but that they give sacrificially, because in so doing it demonstrates something powerful about what's going on in their hearts. And there's a reason for that, because it's the degree to which we're prepared to give in a way that costs us, which speaks about the health of our heart about our motivations, about our intentions. And this is the point, this is precisely the point where a whole bunch of people become very touchy, very sensitive about some guy like me talking about their faith and their money in the same breath. It's amazing how sensitive we are when it comes to the umbilical cord that runs between our hearts and our wallets or purses. Last week we saw how Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. And if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll save it. See, this isn't about robbing anyone or ripping them off. This is about setting us free from the tyranny that money and wealth inevitably will have over our lives if we hoard up everything for ourselves. Wealth ends up strangling us. It it ends up robbing us of the things in life that really matter. Consider that widow. Obviously, God had moved her to give all that she had. Now, Do I think that we should take that lightly? No. Do I think that we should give to people or causes or movements, philanthropic or religious or whatever, to furnish the excessive lifestyles of the people running those organisations? No. But every now and then, our heart is touched with a compelling, desperate need somewhere in the world. It could be a family member or a friend, a neighbour or a complete stranger, something in our local community or clear across the other side of the world. A friend whose car is going to be repossessed because he's unemployed and can't meet the next payment. Whatever it may be, the list is truly endless. But here is all too often what we do, whether we realise it or not. We weigh the cost. Well, I could give the money. Yeah, they really need it. But, but you know something? I was planning on going out for dinner with my wife. Or I'm not so sure if I give that. Will I have enough left over for the things that I really want to do, the things that I really want to buy? Friend, that's precisely what we do. We weigh it with a selfish set of scales. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Freedom from the tyranny of wealth comes when we learn generosity and sacrifice. Let me take you back to the widow. Let's just let her story ring true in our hearts. She gave to God not just the money she was going to use for discretionary expenditure. She gave him her essential money, the money to live off. And what did Jesus say? That she was silly, she was imprudent, she was ill-advised, she should have been smarter than that? No, Jesus praised her. And do you think for one moment that this God would have let her go without Do you think for one moment he would have left her destitute after that great sacrifice that she made? See, it wasn't just the sacrifice. It was the faith 
that she showed. And maybe she was one who'd heard Jesus say this. I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll hear. Isn't life more than food? Isn't the body more than clothing? I mean, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them all. Aren't you worth more than them? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his splendour, wasn't clothed like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What, what am I going to wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all those things. First, strive for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those other things will be given to you as well. Maybe she was one who'd heard Jesus speak those words, and maybe, just maybe, she decided to believe him, not just in her head, but in her heart and with her life. The truth is that money is a great servant, but a brutal master. Perhaps that's why so many people struggle with their attitude towards money. But let me tell you something. God wants you to find financial security in the right place. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Your Path to Financial Security. And it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you discover true security, like I said, in the right place. At the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, visit ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there toward the top of the homepage. Click on the offer, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. The web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.